Star Wars Action News is brought to you in part by Brian's Toys. At Brian'sToys.com, you can find Star Wars toys and collectibles from 1977 to the present. Brian's Toys has it all, from vintage toys and action figures right up to the latest releases. And when checking out, be sure to say you were referred to Brian's Toys by Star Wars Action News. So go check out the world's largest selection of Star Wars toys at Brian'sToys.com. listening to Star Wars Action News, your source for Star Wars collecting news, reviews, and updates, helping Star Wars collectors collect better. Be sure to check out our website at SWActionNews.com, where you can see photos of the items discussed, chat with other Star Wars Action News listeners, and much more, including information on how you can be part of the show. Welcome to Star Wars Action News, part three of Toy Fair coverage. This is Marjorie. This is Arnie, and we are recording at the Javits Center, fueling up on coffee and trying to get the energy to do another day. This is a big center, and we're going to be going through talking to Star Wars licensees and finding all the cool Star Wars products out here. We're going to be talking to Uncle Milton, Kotobukiya, Diamond Select, and more. But as always, the day started off with Lego and having a little event, serving us some coffee, some much needed coffee early in the morning and looking at the Lego sets. And I have to say, for all the people who go, I want Clone Wars and Hasbro isn't giving it to me. I want EU and Hasbro isn't giving it to me. You might want to consider taking up Lego as collecting because they are going deep into Clone Wars, deep into some EU stuff here. There's a lot of Lego sets coming out this year and there are some really, really cool ones. Yeah, there are, and I think it's going to be pretty cool um, what they've got coming out. First of all, we've got another advent calendar. I'm not going to say what's in it if you want to be spoiled. I know some people like to open it every day and be surprised by what's inside. But let's not fool anyone. We're all going to forget by next December anyway. Well, I took close-up photos of each of the items there. I will say it comes with an exclusive holiday-themed Django Fett minifigure. Interesting. Then we've also got a Republic gunship coming. Yeah, the gunship's pretty cool. I was playing with it, and you can move the turrets, you can move the guns. It has a lot of playability in there, and it's a pretty solid piece, I think. Tons of minifigures coming with it. Some Jedi, Padme with the midriff out. It's a nice, nice piece. They're really kind of doing Attack of the Clones up this year because they're also re-releasing the ATTE, which is one of the few LEGO sets I've actually built. Well, if you recall, there was supposed to be a certain 3D event this year. That's right. That now makes all kinds of sense. Yeah. Perhaps it was too late to pull the plug. Still, it's good for collectors to be able to get the ATTE because that set has really rocketed in price secondary market. This has a little bit of a different deco to it, but it's a nice, nice set. Fun to build. Going OT, there's a lot of Return of the Jedi for Return of the Jedi's 30th anniversary. Hasbro may not be giving you a sale barge, but Lego is. Yeah, it's pretty cool, too. There's there's a little Max Rebo there and a little cute Jabba, but you don't get the whole band. That's kind of a bummer. 
well, I'd rather have Jabba and Slave Leia in minifig form rather than the entire band. Now, this and some of these sets we saw are on shelves already in the Yoda packaging. It turns out Lego's going to have more in the Yoda packaging than Hasbro is because they're not releasing those figures. So you've got that. And continuing, there's the Rancor set that's already out with the little skeleton and the really cute Rancor. Those two combined together are just an amazing thing. Yeah, I think that's really cute. I like the little skeleton, and Luke's got a little bone in his arm, too, to choke the Rancor with. They also have Jack's 14S Stealth Starfighter. This is a $70 set, but gets into a little bit of EU. It's a sleek black Starfighter, and it comes with a special ops stormtrooper who is in bright baby blue. I'm not familiar with this vehicle or the baby blue stormtrooper, so that's how deep it's going is I'm not even sure what it's from. I have no idea either. I love the blue stormtrooper, though. He's pretty cute. I think the other stormtroopers would make fun of him. Possibly. Why so blue, TK411? <laughs> For those who like your droids, there's a corporate alliance tank droid that comes with some clones and some battle droids, a nice set. There's also a spider droid coming. And again, if Hasbro couldn't get you your Mandalorian transport, there's even a Mandalorian speeder coming out of the Clone Wars. Plus, they're continuing their planet sets that are really nice. I kind of wish I'd gotten in on those earlier. Really? There's just a ton of sets. Head to our website and see all the pictures. Legos are always wonderful, and the minifigures are adorable and fun to play with. They had so many this year. And, I mean, Lego always has a good presence. But to see this many sets out, now that you mentioned the episode 2, episode 3 connection, it makes a whole lot of sense. But... Lego collectors are going to be very happy and very poor this year. <laughs> well, Hasbro collectors will be rolling in the dough and sad. I still think that while it may not have the movie accuracy of Hasbro toys, Clone Wars fans should really, again, turn to Lego. And we are in the Uncle Milton booth with Hillary Fine again. Hello, welcome back to the show. Thank you for having me, and welcome to Toy Fair. And you've got quite a Star Wars display here. I see a lot of classic items coming back for Episode 3, the Mustafar Volcano Lab coming back. Yes, the Mustafar Volcano Lab is coming back, and we also still have our Star Wars Force Glove and our Death Star Planetarium and our lightsaber room lights and now we have a new addition to our lightsaber room light the Yoda lightsaber room light so it's a nice wall room decor and you can turn it on and it has the lightsaber sound effects as you turn it on and it has them as you turn it off as well very nice and it has the remote control also to do that yes it has a remote control to turn it on and off as well and then you've got some really cool looking items over here the first one is a Darth Vader mask. Explain to me what it is that I'm looking at. This is the Darth Vader voice lab. So what it'll do is you'll be able to record your voice and then use levers to adjust the reverb and the pitch of your voice to make you sound like Darth Vader. And we can do a sample here if you'd like. Yes, please. So you turn on Darth Vader and then you're going to record your voice. So I'm going to hit record and you're going to want to say something into the box. And we are at the Uncle Milton area at Toy Fair 2013. And then I'm going to hit play. As soon as your voice comes on, I'm going to play with the pit. And we are at the Uncle 
that's a lot of fun. I think that I play quite a bit with audio doing all this podcasting. I think that's great for kids to get in there and start having some basic tools and then they can graduate to the pro tools from Adobe and things. It's a wonderful first step. It is. It's a great way for them to learn about sound and, you know, how they can adjust different levers to make them sound different. Whether or not they want to sound like Darth Vader, they can make their voice super high or super low. Very cool. The high-pitched Darth Vader would be quite amusing. <laughs> yes. Um, then next, we actually have our infrared force battle trainer. So you'll be able to battle some droids. So you put on your wrist band, and then you turn on your droid, and you're going to hear him start shooting at me. And you want to knock him down three times, and then he'll fall off. Come on, droid. Go down. It is a droidica. He does have shields. <laughs> yes. Well, the point of the game is to knock them off, and if you hit them three times, they're going to knock off their stand. And there are three different levels to the game. There's Padawan, Jedi Knight, and Jedi Master. And as you go up the different levels, it's going to get harder and harder to knock them off their bases. But because they're infrared, you can put them anywhere around the room and knock them down that way. But, it's, you know, you got to get have skills to knock them down. That is very cool. What is the range on that? Um, right now, we're, you know, it's still prototype form, so we're working that out. But you can probably put it across the room in your bedroom and knock them down. And... With the Uncle Milton items, you always try to tie in some education. I see with the Darth Vader sound lab, it would be audio mixing. What's the educational aspect of this? You're going to learn about infrared technology and how it works. You know, does it work through a window? Does it work if you bounce it off a mirror? Stuff like that. That's very cool. When I was growing up, we had laser tag, and I was learning the exact same thing. Trying it through glass, trying it off walls, trying it off mirrors. So, yeah, I see that as a, yeah, I was learning at that at around the age of eight. So I think that's a great item. Yeah, it is great. And our last new item for 2013 is our Force Lightning Energy Ball. So where you'll learn about how Yoda harnesses the power of Force Lightning. So you'll put your fingers on the ball, and as the electricity is going out, you'll touch it, and the plasma will move to your energy inside the ball. I think that's very cool. Anyone who's walked into a Spencer Gifts will be familiar with the type of technology. Good for kids in dorm rooms across the country. Exactly. Definitely. Well, great. When do you expect these items to start hitting shelves? These will all start hitting shelves in August of this year. All right, great. Thank you very much for taking the time. You're welcome. Thanks again to Hillary. And I realize when I'm interviewing these people, I can't stand there and go, you know, that's a really awful product. But I'm not lying at all to Hillary. These are cool things that I really think I enjoy playing with. I'd never had a baking soda volcano before Uncle Milton came out with one. And you and I put it together for the show that night and made a big mess in the kitchen. Yeah, that was your first one. And I feel honored to have helped you with that. And there's definitely some cool items here. I've always liked the room lights. They also have some bouncing balls that I just noticed starting to show up at Toys R Us. We talked to Hillary about those last year in our toy fair. She wasn't sure how they were going to be packaged. They're two per and they're not blind packaged. So you're able to get a full set of those. But a lot of cool items. That Vader mask, as an audio geek, I'm all about little kids getting that. And... I've always wanted one of those Spencer plasma balls, so this is going to finally be my opportunity to have one. And this was your first time touching the ball. 
Yeah, I've never touched one before. I don't know why. It was kind of germy at Spencer's, I always thought, so I never really touched it. And I had no idea you wanted one so bad. I would have bought you one years ago. Well, I wouldn't have known what to do with it, but now I can light up the collection on Pink Floyd night. Exactly. And we are talking to Brian, the sales manager at Fantasy Flight Games. Hello, sir. How's it going? Great. Now, you have had a big year. We walked past your booth last year and got to see some prototypes of the X-Wing minis game. And since that time, you guys have come out with the minis game, the card game, and the teaser for the role-playing game, really taking the Star Wars gaming license to the next level. We've had reviews about the detail on the mini ships you've got here. So how has it been adopting the Star Wars license and interacting with the fan base? Well, it's been a really big honor for us. We're, we're big Star Wars fans at the office, so we certainly took the job of, of you know, adapting the, the, this universe into games very seriously, and it has been a really phenomenally successful year for us. Like you said, we had the, the X-Wing core game and the first wave of ships come out in the summer, and then the card game and the beginner box for the role-playing game both came out in the winter. So we've got our full lineup of games out there, and now this year we're really going to expand it. So... Uh, Next month, we've got the second wave of ships for X-Wing, which has the Millennium Falcon and Slave One, the A-Wing, and the TIE Interceptor. That's really going to add a lot to the game. The Star Wars card game is going to start seeing regular expansions starting in March with the Force Packs and the Edge of Darkness deluxe expansion that's coming out that will really expand the Smuggler and the Bounty Hunter factions. And then the role-playing game will get its full release later this spring with the core book, which is a, it's a beautiful 450-page hardcover book, a pack of dice, and a GM screen that will all come out at the same time. Great. Let's go through these. Let's start with the minis game, since that was the first one you had out. The new ships coming out, Slave One and the Millennium Falcon are absolutely amazing looking. We're looking at some final models here. The paint detail on those is astounding. How much work goes into Fantasy Flight Games with the scale and the paint apps on this and trying to make them as accurate as possible? Really quite a lot. We're... We do all the the, the 3D modeling in those for those in house, and we worked really closely with Lucasfilm and in their archives, you know, trying to get great pictures and lots of up close detail of the original models they used for the filming, so that we can make these look as, as great as possible. All of our minis are done to scale, so when you see this Millennium Falcon next to an X-wing, know that that's the scale that they would actually be at. And so all the ships in the X-wing game on the table together just look right because they're the right size and we didn't have to compromise by shrinking some down or blowing some up to make them make them look better they're just very true to the originals and that's something that i love about your miniatures is they appeal to gamers obviously for the game but they appeal to collectors because it is so hard to keep to the scale because you eventually get to the point where you get other companies have gotten to the point where they're like, well, we're going to cheat the Corellian Corvette a little bit or something. And the fact that you're sticking so much to the scale is something that I know collectors are using because they can take these and make dioramas out of them if they're not gamers. And the gamers I've talked to really just enjoy playing this game. Yeah, I'm expecting a lot of Millennium Falcons on desks at the office here in the, the next month when they can actually buy them. And with the new ships, in addition to being new pieces, how do they alter the gameplay experience? So they really, uh, they're going to mix up the game quite a bit. I mean, there'd only been four ships at this point. And, uh, I mean, the 
Millennium Falcon and Slave One aren't, it's not just Han Solo and Boba Fett. You have a bunch of different pilots for those. They're the first sort of big medium-sized ships that we've had. So they introduced some new rules and they're really going to change sort of the, the scope of the game a lot. It's not just X-Wings and TIE Fighters sort of shooting at each other. They come with some really cool scenarios. I mean, some really cool new rules, new maneuvers. Slave One has bombs that can drop, which are, comes with this really awesome big cardboard token you leave out. And if you pass through there, then you set off the bomb. Like, really, really cool stuff. And then everyone in the room has to be quiet for three seconds. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you, you know how this goes. And so, I mean, we're literally doubling the number of ships that are in the game, and so the army building options really get mixed up a lot with this another wave. So people who are playing the game, I think, will be really pleased with how much it changes the, the sort of balance of, you know, armies that they already had. And this is the stuff that's coming out real soon. Can you tell us anything about what your plans are for the rest of the year? Nope. Are there plans for more ships later in the year? The, the game's been really successful for us, but we, we can't talk about stuff that we haven't announced yet. And then you've also got the card game here. And can you just tell us basic the gameplay mechanics on that? So the, the game is, I think, very different from a lot of one, a lot of other card games that are out there. So it's one of our living card games, uh, which play like a collectible card game, like Magic the Gathering or something like that, but they're not sold randomly at all. So you can just buy whatever cards you want. There's no blind purchasing or anything like that. The Star Wars game, I think, is really easy to get into for this style of game because you're able to... Building the deck is many fewer choices than a lot of other games because the cards come in in discrete sets. So the game itself, it's the light side versus the dark side, a two-player game. You'll have a deck that's focused on one of the factions. So there's the, the Sith and the Jedi, the Imperial Navy and the Rebel Alliance, and then there's the smugglers and spies and the bounty hunters factions on the, you know, on the light side and dark side. And it's got, you'll get all the great characters that you love. All of the artwork in the game is original illustrations, not just like movie stills or anything like that. So we're able to, you know, bring in some stuff from the expanded universe and that kind of thing as well. Yeah, the art is something that really impressed me when I started looking through the deck you have on display. I've talked to some of these artists on the show before, Chris Trevis and some of the others, and I was able to recognize some of the source art. But I'm a big fan of this kind of Star Wars art, and to have such a collection of it in one deck of cards, I mean, it puts it right up there with the tops cards, again, from collectability for those who like Star Wars art in the EU, while also at the same time being a fun game. Yeah, no, I, I'm really pleased that we went with illustrations in the game. It really expands the scope that we can do with the game, that not being limited to, you know, movie stills that, are, that everyone's seen a thousand times, right? So really able to do some creative things there, and I think the, the game's really fun. I've been playing it a lot at lunch whenever I can. It plays very fast. It's like a 20-minute game. Big swings of fate back and forth, which I think is really thematic for Star Wars. We have a great uh, tutorial video on our website if people want to like learn how to play or check the game out that walks you through the whole thing or the rule books online, too. So, And you've got the basic box set, which is the two-player starter set, but then you have expansion packs. You've got force packs and then expansion packs. Can you tell us what the difference is between a force pack and an expansion? Absolutely. So every month, starting in March, one of those force packs is going to come out. So that has 60 new cards for the game. They're not random. Every Desolation of Hoth force pack that's out there is exactly the same. So if you buy one of those, you have all the cards you could want for your deck. 
And so those come out every month introducing a few new cards just to keep mixing the game up and keep it fresh and exciting. And then periodically we release those deluxe expansions which will introduce something big. So for example, the Edge of Darkness is the first box that's going to be coming out and that's going to really expand the Smuggler and the Bounty Hunter factions. They have just a little presence in the core set and with this box they'll have the same amount of cards as as the, the other factions in the original one. So people who just want to play the game casually can just pick up the core set. If they want to go a little bit more, you can pick up the deluxe expansions. And then people who are really into the game every month can pick up a new $15 force pack. Very cool. And then finally, you've got the role-playing game. And I've seen that in my gaming store very recently, the starter pack, Edge of the Empire. And you mentioned a 425-page book coming out? 450-page. I, I really love the role-playing game. I've been in a group since last April that started out as a playtest and has quickly devolved into just a regular gaming group that we have that we're not really working at anymore. So the beginner box came out in December, which is, has an introductory adventure, and there's a second adventure on our website you can download for free. And so that's enough to kind of learn how to play the game and get introduced to it. So then in April, we're having the, the big 450-page core rulebook, the GM screen, and a dice pack will come out and really flesh out the game. The rulebook, is that going to be full-color glossy, or is it going to be black and white? Full-color, glossy, hardcover, right? Like, a lot of, again, a lot of great new illustrations in there. And the Edge of the Empire names uh, an important thing for me to explain. So we're actually going to be doing three three different games in the Star Wars role-playing line. So Edge of the Empire is focused on like smugglers and bounty hunters on the Outer Rim. Next year we'll release uh, Age of Defiance, which is going to be focused on the Rebellion and the Imperium and like the war. And then two years from now we'll release Force and Destiny, which is going to be focused on Force users and Jedi. Which is not to say that there aren't any Force rules in the game, but just think like New Hope level of Force powers, right? No flipping off a skyscraper shooting lightning out of your fingers, but you can totally like cloud people's emotions or move things across the across the room. But it's the same core game mechanics. You're going to just be adding expansions and additional rules and skills and such? Absolutely. And the, so the point of doing that is to sort of focus the stories in on different parts of the Star Wars universe. But if you want to combine things, right, if, that, if you want that sort of group, you'll absolutely be able to do that as well. Now, those are the big expansions. Are you planning other source books in between since these are spread out by a year? Yeah, they'll be smaller books as well. All right, great. Well, Brian, thank you very much for your time. These are some exciting products. I have to just give you kudos all around for the delivery of these. In addition to good game mechanics, just the detail you've put into the artwork, I can't wait to see that source book at 450 pages. I'll definitely be picking that up. And just a great delivery for a great game system. Well, I really appreciate it. We, we really took things seriously, and we really feel like we need to deliver a great product here. Thanks to Brian, and I wasn't kidding. I have to have that role-playing game book. I have all the old West End game stuff, all the Wizards of the Coast stuff, including that impossible-to-find Old Republic expansion, and a 450-page book. Judging by the card set, if it has that level of artwork, it's just going to be a gorgeous collectible, whether or not I actually have time to play role-playing games. That's the problem is they are time-consuming. And that Millennium Falcon was awesome, and the Slave One, the detail on those, really nice. And I know Mark Fenrick was on the show, Darth Cheddar talking about these and does the podcast on them, and this new sets are just looking better and better there. 
There was a lot of detail on the Falcon. The card game, just as a collectible, they weren't high gloss. They seemed very bendable. If you played, you are going to wear those things out, but there's a lot of nice artwork on them, too. They're pretty cards. They are pretty cards. They they were really nice. I was flipping through them and looking at some of the artwork. We saw Chris Chavas. And you were actually interested in trying out the card game because we used to play the old TCG. I like the TCG, and it was fun, and I like it if they're short. I don't want some big, epic four-week battle that I have to you know, guard the table to make sure no one bumps it. And speaking of cards, we stopped by the Cardamundi booth and saw some new decks there, a prequel deck, an original trilogy deck, a hero's deck, and, oh boy, Angry Birds. Angry Birds gr- playing cards. So... Collect all four tins. Yeah. They're cute little tins. Moving on. So we have hit two more booths. The first is Funko, who had so much Star Wars product in the past. Lamps, headphones, bobbleheads, pop vinyl bobbles. But this year, I didn't see a single new item for Star Wars. I believe there are Angry Birds Star Wars bobbles. Oh yeah, I forgot about them. I think Funko has reduced their overall presence or product offerings here that they bring out because it just seems they've really restricted to focus a lot on the bobbleheads and the pop, kind of going back to the core of what they're offering. Yeah, it used to be they had everything, and they even before had a bigger wall of bobbles. Which isn't to say that they're not making them, it just means that they're not what's out here to sell. Remember, this is a trade show where people are coming to buy in mass quantities, and not mass quantities like... I got every San Diego Comic-Con exclusive. Mass quantities is in, I want two gross of Iron Man pop vinyls. I'm just waiting for the earthquake on the bobble display. We also looked at Diamond Distributors, and remember that's different than Diamond Select, Diamond Distribution. They sell the comics. They sell all types of collectible items. And we saw a lot of Star Wars tchotchkes, some of which were kind of cool. There was a Death Star mint holder. It looks a little bit like glass and it has a bunch of breath mints inside of it kind of cute it's tin oh it didn't look like tin it's it's a tin it looks like a tin clearly a tin there was a, another one there that i knew was a tin i wasn't sure if the death star was a tin it's clearly a tin yes it is a tin but i can't imagine putting that in your pocket i think that's more of a on my desk or in my desk drawer kind of thing or in my purse because that would be odd in your pocket but nothing we hadn't really seen there before either so We will continue to look around. We are here in the Kotobukiya booth, and I have to say, of all the booths in the con, you guys have made me the happiest here today because you have revealed that the R2-D2 and, more importantly to me, the Han Solo and Carbonite business card cases are going to be released stateside. Well, we're pretty excited about that, too. And um, we have a few new design concepts um, going through the approval process now, so we may have some more uh, business card holders coming out soon. And what are the ETA that these will be released? 
Uh, that I actually haven't heard anything yet. Maybe toward the end of the year, but I don't have any guarantees on that. It'll depend on how long it takes to you know pound out the concept and get something that we really a design that we really like and all of that. So. Uh, no, I mean the current ones, the the Han and the R2. Uh, those I'm thinking it shouldn't take too long before you start seeing those. Um, definitely by the summer, I would say. And then the Artifacts Plus statues, you've got several on display here, and this is my first time getting to see a prototype of the Grievous. Yeah, well, this is the first time anybody's getting to see a prototype of the Grievous outside of, say, Lucas Licensing and within the company itself. Um, so Grievous, uh, I'm pretty excited about him myself. He's going to come with multiple arm parts, so you can do him in either the two-arm or the four-arm uh, you know, sort of configuration there. And also, I believe we're going to have the cape removable, so it, it'll you can have that cape kind of coming up over his back, or you can just take that off and have him in the combat mode. Um, and then the lightsabers will actually slide into his hands, and yeah. Very cool. And then your first foray into the Bishojo line with the Star Wars figures, Jaina Solo here. I have to really give you credit for the base of that figure. That is a really nice piece. We'd seen the concept drawings and things, but the base one, the final piece, is really nice. Well, actually, we're displaying it with the Rogue Squadron base right now. Um, that base is a clear plastic base. You can slide the bottom out and shove. We've got a couple different films that you can put in there, so you can actually change up the base display. Uh, another one that it comes with is just the regular Star Wars logo that she's standing on. Uh, but the Rogue Squadron logo, if you take a close look at it, uh, I believe we based that on the emblem from one of the Rogue Squadron comic series. Um, and it does say Rogue Squadron in the, in the font that they use, the Arabesh, or I don't know, it's one of those words that I read but I don't know how to pronounce. Or That's how I say it also, Arabesh, okay. so maybe we're both wrong. Now, with this being the first Bishojo in the Star Wars line, how has the fan reaction been to this new kind of anime style? Well, actually, I have heard a few people say, oh, why are they doing anime? But overall, I would say the reaction has been really, really good. I think we kind of touched a nerve with this one. Um, even, you know, the statue itself came out December, January of this year. Uh, so it's still very recent. But even last summer at some of the conventions, I've already seen people doing cosplay based off the illustration based off this figure so this costume is out there and it's been very popular and I think we kind of touched a nerve with it and when's the ETA for the Mara Jade the second one in the series uh, ETA right now is to be released toward the end of the year um, so we haven't actually shown the the final concept sketch or any sculpting on that yet uh, you'll probably start seeing some images of that maybe during San Diego Comic-Con, maybe during the summer. And then what I'm not seeing here are the full-size artifact statues. What are the plans for those for Star Wars this year? Uh, for this year, it's going to be a little quiet on the artifacts front, but the line is not dead. Um, I, think, I think we're holding off just a little bit. Technically speaking, Jaina Solo is part of the artifacts line. So Jaina Amara, the Bishojo, is part of the artifacts line. Um, I have seen concepts that I'm not supposed to talk about yet for other characters in the Artifacts line, but there's nothing I can really say about it yet. That's right, I forgot. The Jaina Solo Sum Assembly required the PVC model kits yep. versus the other Bishojos that come pre-assembled. Yep, if you look at her box, it does say Artifacts Bishojo on there, so it's kind of a fusion between the two lines. And is Kotobukiya going to have a presence at Celebration Europe 2, do you know? Uh, no, we actually are not going to be 
um, exhibiting ourselves at Celebration Europe. Uh, we are looking at maybe somehow having our products there, maybe one of our distributors who is in Europe or something else, but I haven't heard any concrete plans yet. I was thinking about going just on my own, but from where I live, it's like a 36-hour journey just to get there, and I don't think I'm going to be able to make it. Well, we will miss you there, but we will see you at San Diego for sure, right? Uh, yes, we will be at San Diego Comic-Con. I don't know if I personally will be, but the company will definitely have a presence at San Diego. All right, well, thank you, Robert, for your time. No problem. Well, no big items in scale coming from Kotobukiya for Star Wars this year, but that Grievous looks really nice. Arnie, I beg to differ. I think the giant-sized Hanacarbonite silicone tray is rather large. That's true. Good for a punch bowl? I really don't know what I would do with it, but... They, Ice sculpture? They have an R2 and Han and a Falcon. I guess I should start thinking outside the box. I always think of them as ice cube trays, but fudge. <laughs> you could make fudge. You could also do some really cool crafty things with them. Jello. You could make jello, yes. Soap. For a giant? For Buxton's bathtub. Francis Buxton's bathtub? I wish I had Francis Buxton's bathtub. Oh, wait, I do. It's called a pool. But I just can't believe I have been stalking international websites for those business card cases. You gave me a Han and Carbonite business card case for Christmas, and I love it as a collectible, but that thing is large, and it isn't practical. This one, you, I could actually use. I could carry it around Toy Fair and hand out business cards out of a Han and Carbonite business card holder. That's correct, yes. And they've also got the R2-D2 one, which they are bringing to the States now, along with some other ones that they hinted at, which will be kind of fun. I was disappointed not to see more about the Mara Jade Bishojo with the Jaina Solo out, and I'd heard good things, but I was glad to hear that they'd had positive reaction from the fans, but that'll be coming this year, and can't wait to get a look at it. And of course, chopsticks, and as you mentioned, the silicone trays, so much going on with Kodo. Not going to be in Europe, though, but of course, San Diego Comic-Con, and can't really talk if there will or won't be an exclusive for San Diego yet, but I'm glad to see them sticking with the Star Wars license. I know they've tried so many things with the Artifacts, the Artifacts Plus, and all of that, and I just love the stuff they do. Yeah, they do put out really good products. Well, we left the Diamond Select booth not a whole lot of Star Wars coming out of Diamond, but one big thing, I know again, Clone Wars collectors a little perturbed about Hasbro, but Diamond is going to have you set if you are interested in their quarter-scale bust banks because they're bringing Cad Bane in the animated style. Yeah, that's interesting, but everybody loves those bust banks, and Cad Bane's probably going to be big with the little kids. They love a villain. The bust banks, as far as the bust go, I get the characters I like. I'm not a completist. But when they go the full models, like the R2 units that they did, I'm really in for those. And I'm so excited about the Han and Carbonite bust bank they're doing. I don't know if you can call it a bust. It's the full statue of Han and Carbonite. It's got a nice display base. It's just a Han bank. Pretty much. That's what it is. It's a Han bank. It's pretty cool. 
then they're also distributing some international things. We talked earlier about the tins, the Death Star Mint tins. They're distributing those, as well as an R2-D2 piggy bank that interfaces with an iPhone for a security code. So if you want to open your piggy bank, you have to use your code in an app on your iPhone. That'd be great for little kids, but little kids shouldn't have iPhones, I would think, but I guess they all do now. You could use it for jewelry. Okay, why couldn't the thief just smash my R2? But would a thief think to steal an R2-D2 toy? No, I guess not. It's like hollowing out a book. Also, some more bottle openers coming with the Han and Carbonite bottle opener. So keep your eyes on your comic stores for those items. And to finish off our tour, we are in the Comic Images booth. They've got some really cute new things. You know Comic Images. Even if you don't know, you know Comic Images. They make all of the plushies, the super deformed stuffed items. They are starting a creatures line for Star Wars. I have to have these. Oh, I love them all. Look at the Tauntaun. He looks shocked. Like, oh my gosh, I can't believe you do that when you're alone. The Wampa looks really angry. Like, I really can't believe you do that when you're home alone. The Rancor's like, ah, he just looks stupid. And then, of course, you've got your Bantha, who is... He, he looks a little stoned, but he's happy about it. He's got yeah. this big, big grin. Well, he just got back from the fish concerts that he was following them around on, so he's probably still a little smoked out. Those are great. The, the Rancor, yeah, he kind of looks a little bovine, but he's hysterical. Uh, all the facial expressions totally make these. They also have some rag dolls that have these long legs. They remind me of, didn't you make some beat em dolls or something like that? My grandmother used to make these things called damn it dolls, where you they had long skinny legs like these, and when you'd get mad, they came with a stupid little poem that old ladies love, and you just beat it on the desk and go, damn it, damn it, damn it, and that's kind of what they look like, which I guess you could use them for now. Yeah, they've got those big long legs. I love the bright, bright green of the Yoda. I mean, he's like peat moss green. He is a good green, yes, absolutely. I like those. Those are kind of cute. It's just, he's very colorful. Not screen accurate, but very colorful. Then you've got Wicket, Stormtrooper, Boba Fett, Chewbacca. Could you point to one thing there that is screen accurate, sweetie? I, I meant the color. It's a, a plushie. No one cares if it's screen accurate or not. I mean, you've got Yoda over there with a candy cane and a Santa hat. Well, I don't know what movie you're watching. Not the holiday special. So some very cool stuff. And with that, we wrap up another year of Toy Fair. And what a year. Some companies blew me away. Some companies seem to be cutting back. Just a very strange mix, but still an exciting time to be a Star Wars fan and especially a Star Wars collector. Yeah, I think that next year is going to be really interesting after everything that's happened in late 2012. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of stuff coming down. And what this show should prove to the listeners is, even if Hasbro is not releasing as much this year, you're either going to spend a lot more money tracking down the European releases of that, or there's plenty of statues, uh, other toys you can look at and collect. So we'll be back next week, back in the home studio. We'll see you next week.
Thank you for listening to Star Wars Action News. We hope you've enjoyed the show. We want your feedback and suggestions for Star Wars Action News. You can email us at show at swactionnews.com or post your thoughts in the Star Wars Action News forums at swactionnews.com, the most friendly forums on the web. You can also find Star Wars Action News on Facebook and Twitter. The links to our social media sites are at swactionnews.com. You can be on Star Wars Action News by calling our voicemail at 415-508-JEDI or sending an MP3 or iPhone voice memo to show at swactionnews.com. All materials submitted become the property of Star Wars Action News and are subject to use on our show. You can find even more Star Wars coverage at our sister podcast, Republic Forces Radio Network, where we review each episode of the Clone Wars cartoon series. You can find that podcast at republicforces.com. If you're into Star Wars novels, check out the Star Wars Action News Book Club, where we read and review all the Star Wars novels. That podcast is at swactionnews.com. For more Star Wars collecting, please check out GalacticHunter.com, JediDefender.com, JediTempleArchives.com, and YakFace.com. And we thank those sites for their support of Star Wars Action News. You can help support Star Wars Action News by making a donation using the Donate button at SWActionNews.com or by using affiliate links on the Star Wars Action News homepage when shopping online. Your support helps keep Star Wars Action News on the air. We also appreciate it if you would spread the word about Star Wars Action News. If you enjoyed the show, please post about Star Wars Action News on Facebook, Twitter, or your social media network of choice, or just tell a friend about the show. We would also greatly appreciate a five-star review written on iTunes. A link to our iTunes page is at SWActionNews.com. Star Wars Action News is created, produced, edited, and hosted by Marjorie and Arnie. The Star Wars Action News team is segment reporters Jerry, Brock, Jonathan, Nathan, and Steve, graphic design by Chris, image editing by Jay, podcast enhancement by Andrew and Barrett, associate produced and podcast announcements by Brock. Star Wars Action News is not affiliated with Lucasfilm Limited. The show is created by Star Wars fans showing their love of Star Wars. Star Wars and all that the Star Wars universe contains is trademark and copyright Lucasfilm Limited, a subsidiary of the Walt Disney Company, all rights reserved. Until next time, may the pegs be stocked and the Force be with you. Star Wars Action News is a Venganza Media production, copyright 2013, all rights reserved. And no part of this show may be reproduced, repurposed, or redistributed without the written permission of Venganza Media Incorporated. Star Wars Action News. Now this is podcasting. Podcasting.